Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping, and I'll be your host once again for this week's episode. Joining me on the show this week is Brian Mann, mobile guy out of Cleveland, Ohio. Brian's been on the show before. I always enjoy getting to talk to him. Uh, he's got a wealth of knowledge in this industry. We're going to talk about how a large majority of the solutions to the diagnostic problems that we face out in the field that we're assisting shops with end up being very basic in nature, right? Majority of the time, it ends up being a fuse or a wire or a connection issue somewhere, right? The fix and the actual problem isn't anything earth shattering. It's the same normal stuff that we've been seeing on cars. I mean, forever, right? The fuses, the wires, the circuits that are open or have high resistance, that's been going on as long as there's been electrical circuits on cars, but we're still seeing that. Now, yeah, the systems have gotten more complex and there's a lot more variety out there of stuff, but it really all comes down to the basics. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about work-life balance and uh, how sometimes we struggle to manage that. It was a great talk with Brian. Uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this as well. Oh, and hey, I wanted to remind everybody too, Brian has a training website it's handsonautotraining.com. Uh, he's got a bunch of training courses there with electrical troubleshooting diagnostic videos. So make sure to check that out. I'll put the link in the show notes. But with that out of the way, let's jump in. That's awesome. All right. So, well, how is the new guy going? I mean, you got the new technician with you? Uh, it's very good. Um, it is tremendous to have some help. Uh, number one, doing the one-man show, as you know is can be extremely challenging at times and i think one of the main reasons is the geography like you can't control where your calls come from you can schedule the best you can but hey if i have a call on either side of town and that's what i have to do today like that's it but with two people you can work with that a little better and say okay you're on the north side today i'm on the south side and get to more jobs just for that alone. Um, so that's been fantastic, but, um, he's doing good. Um, I have him doing most of my programming. So GM Ford, um, I'm still trying to get a second Nissan interface. Cause that's like my, I, th- I do more Nissans. I think it's probably a close third Nissan and Chrysler, but I do so many Nissans. The CVT is just Almost wow. every day, it feels like. But anyways, he doesn't have a Nissan interface, but he has four GM Chrysler and some Asian stuff for me. And then I'm easy him in on the diagnostics. And that's been probably the most challenging part. Like he picked up the programming and it's, we can work through a programming challenge with me not there a lot easier than a diagnostic uh, difficulty that he's having. Um, that it's like, I got to be there to really, 
see what's happening and what he's testing. But um, yeah, I'd say that's probably the, been the biggest challenge is like he's coming from a shop and he's a sharp guy and he knows his stuff. But doing this mobile stuff is a different animal and you got to have a different mindset because like a shop you can order a part and you can try it out and you don't have to screw over the customer. You just say, okay, this didn't work. Get me the next part. But like doing mobile, like we got to make the right call. Like we got to tell them this is what it is and that's what it's got to be. And so I'd say that's probably the one uh, challenge that I've been working through. But if, if that's it, I'm happy as a clam. It's been great. Oh, that's great. Uh, I'm keeping my eyes open for the right person in Cleveland. I'm really you know, okay. if you were to go back two and a half, three months ago, I was like, I need somebody right now. And then it kind of slowed up a little bit. You know, business goes up and down. And it's kind of like I'm just, you know, I'm not marketing. So, um, you know, if I if I really put the screws to it, I can I'm sure I can take some money from the big name players that have come to town. Um, I guarantee I would. And <laughs> accept it as a challenge if you're listening. So, <laughs> there's some stuff going on, man. It's like, come on. But anyways, uh, you know, if I find the right person, I'll plug them in and get them going. And I, I know I mentioned it before. I brought a guy up from like zero automotive uh, in, in, you know, in two years. It wasn't right away. It took two years. Uh, he was running circles around most technicians as far as diagnostics. I mean, he nice. could read a diagram, use a multimeter. Um, scope if he had to, which was rare. Usually, um, you know, and I, I was even the person that was on a kick, uh, 10 years ago saying, you know what, I can use my multimeter for most things. And it's still true, but mm -hmm. sometimes I've learned, man, you get the scope out, you'll see the problem right away real fast. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about communication, fault, bus, uh, problems, issues like that, but, uh, you know, it's just, it really is, if you find the right person, you can bring them up or mm -hmm. uh, help help them along the way. And not that what I do is perfect because I'll be the first one to tell you I overlook stuff. And, um, you know, even today I got my tail handed me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just looking at something. I mean, it's a code on a Kia or a Hyundai. What was it? A Hyundai Elantra today. It's a P0017. It's a simple, basically saying the exhaust camshaft isn't doing what it's supposed to. And I'm monkeying around for a long time. And, I, I mean, I'm scoping the cam crank signals. I don't see anything. I'm unplugging a solenoid. I'm commanding a solenoid. It works. I'm like, man, what the heck? You can drive it. You can go around a block. It won't set a code. You can drive around a block the next time. Um, you know, there'll be no codes. You can start it up the next time there's no codes. It'll sit there and run for a minute or two, three minutes, no codes. You just sit there and put it in the gear and drive it across the parking lot. It'll pop the code. I'm like, oh, man. And I found out the... Uh, the shop says it came oh yeah this thing came in like the oil light was on and it had no oil in it like a month ago i'm like well that's good information to know <laughs> <laughs> so now i'm thinking i'm wondering if an actuator could have got scored and just hanging up uh, the actual phaser not not the actuator solenoid but the phaser sure i don't know if that's possible or uh well anyways i, I got you know solid two hours into it and i was trying to film that one i got my whole little youtube gig trying to uh, um, I've, I'm trying to do stuff more live, or should I say, I don't want to have to edit besides just chop it up and edit, not have to do anything major. Just basically, here it is. Oh, look, there's here's three minutes of silence when I went to go to the restroom or I went to go <laughs> yeah. talk to the customer or whatever it was, and it is chopped that, boom, boom, put it together. I'm trying to get my daughter to do my video editing. She's been doing the last few videos, so it's cool. Okay. But, uh, 
uh, you know, just it's always usually basics. Um, if, I know uh, I've been listening to your podcast. I love what you do. Keep it up. It's Thank great you. work for our industry. Uh, but the last few uh, last two weeks have been diagnostic jobs to, for the most part, have been basic, basic things. I mean, I'm talking, we're going back to the basics. That's all it is. Voltage drop testing. That's all it is. And I've heard you yep. say that before. And why are we missing this? I mean, heck, and I got to uh, lift my hand up and raise my hand and say, hey, why did I miss something or whatnot? Um, I just had a uh, driver's door module on a Ford Fusion, like a 16 or 17. I did make a video of it to post to the YouTube the other day, and you know it. I it was supposed to be programming, and then of course programming didn't fix it. It was a LIN bus problem. So my okay. thought right away is like, oh, a LIN bus. Let me get my U scope out because that's the perfect tool for a LIN bus problem. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna figure out where this LIN bus is. I poke around and I find the LIN bus, and I'm like, hmm, the pattern looks the same all the time no matter what's going on with the vehicle. I mean, it's kind of repeatable, almost like knock, knock, who's there, knock, knock, who's there. I'm like, all right. And it ended up being a blown fuse to the driver's door switch, which is a three-wire switch. It's a power, a ground, and limb bus. Um, I sh- I actually, I take that back. It wa- I don't know if it was a blown fuse. The fuse block is very difficult to get to. And uh-huh. I told the customer, I was like, we got a blown fuse, a bad power, whatever. He's like, I'll find it from here. How much do I have for now? And I'm like, okay, that's okay. cool. I'm fine. I jump some power. Everything works. Um, but yeah, it's simple stuff, man. Yeah. That's the majority of fixes that come down to something that is simple and that can be tested simply, but it's like navigating your way through the complexity to get there. Um, and yeah, of course you run into those really oddball ones. Like you say, intermittents of course are going to be difficult. I find mechanical issues to be very challenging because well, I'm not going to be the one tearing into this thing. So what can I do with my test methods? And I don't know. There just seems to be a, like a gray area sometimes with the mechanical side of things where it's not with electrical, like electrical, it's set in stone. This is the way it is. If, if you miss something, it's because you missed something or you didn't test it right. Like it's not going to electrical is not going to do something that it's not supposed to do, but with the mechanical side of things, it's just like, you know, oil pressure and stuff like that, that could get really tricky to nail down without taking stuff apart. Uh, I've definitely run into that scenario before. I don't know how many mechanical or like drivability issues do you get like that? You know, the, I get a fair amount of stuff where when you're talking about mechanical, I almost break it down as to stuff I'm not going to get into, whether it's mechanical or, hey, I'm not taking the front pan off that GM uh, six-speed to go digging to see what's not hooked up inside there. Um, right. I mean, if they really want me to, I might. I, as you see, I got a little wrist brace on. I got some oh, pain in my hands, so it's like I'm just getting kind of point. It's like if I can't do it easily, you can do it for me. Um, but I see, uh, uh, I'd say maybe 30% of the stuff I see is kind of like, well, I guide them and guide the shop in the right direction. And they're pretty happy usually if I can guide them properly. Um, right. And that's my goal, of course, not to mislead anybody, but uh, go back to this Hyundai today. It's like, well, it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes they can drive it for a long time and it doesn't, light doesn't come on. Sometimes they start it and run it for a little while and then just go across the parking lot and the light comes on, sets the code as pending. I'm like, and I was scoping this thing, trying to catch it in the act. I'm like, man, I got an hour and a half into this thing and I... I got a handful of nothing. I mean, really. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, 
you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. I mean, I'm basically saying, you told me the engine came in with no oil in it. Uh, could it be uh, actuator that's hanging up? Maybe. Is there sludge somewhere? Of course, they've got new cam sensors, crank sensors, uh, VCT solenoids. We got all the parts already hung on it. And it's like, sure. they're like, it can't be out of time. It can't be anything major because it's only got 60,000 miles. And I'm like, you told me it had no oil in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that changes things. <laughs> I just had a, uh, speaking of mechanical stuff, I just had a, uh, Oh, I think it was two days ago, uh, Monday. Yeah, I think it was Monday afternoon, evening, early evening, uh, 2011 F-150 3.5 EcoBoost, right? Mm-hmm. 70,000 miles on an auction car. They're like, this thing barely runs. And I'm like, well, well, what, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, what codes are setting? Well, it's got all these cam sensor circuit codes. I'm like, oh, really? You start getting into it's Just because it says circuit doesn't mean it's right. the circuit's bad. It actually is out of time. I yep. go to do a cam, uh, what I... I uh, what do you call it, a relative uh, uh, compression test uh, with IDS, and it's kicking me out saying I can't do it because <laughs> there's a cam crank sync problem, and I did oh. I did end up scoping it out, and I'm like, yeah, this thing's way out of time. So, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know how many degrees are on the teeth, but I'm like, this thing's, you know, on my scope, it's a few inches. <laughs> You're way out, buddy. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's not a very accurate thing, but it's like, hey, this thing is not right. So, yeah. I'm not taking it apart. I can tell you that right now. I'm thinking yeah. he's changing guides and everything else. Um, I, I had a BMW the other day um, that was, yeah, circuit codes for both of the camshaft sensors, but it it was because the camshafts weren't moving. And so <laughs> the computer was kind of right. Like the circuits were not changing in that set of circuit code, but <laughs> it was very mechanical that caused it. So, <laughs> well. Yeah, um, well, that's that's interesting, and you know, I, I love what uh, you talk with Rich uh, Falco, and just listen to you talk about your diagnostic process or trying to develop one. And I think it really comes down to that big question of if we can ask the right questions, we'll be so far along the diagnostic path. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I, I find that's what I'm challenging or challenged to share with other technicians. Like if I go into a shop and they're just totally like, in my opinion, like right off the bat, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm I'm to the left and you're far way far to the right or whatever, or I'm up, you're down. I don't care which way you want to put it. I'm like they're looking over here, I'm looking over there, and they're like, why would you go there? I'm like, well, because because this, this, and this, and maybe that's part of, I, I think that's part of my experience. Not that I know that much. I mean, I'm learning every single day, let me tell you. Uh, but just saying, hey, I have this experience already that I know if I don't have a check engine light on and I have a flashing theft light, um, I'm not replacing starters. I mean, you know, I'm right. not going that route. I'm going to be checking something else. Um, and I'm trying to uh, figure out how do you get somebody to ask the right questions? Because you ask the right questions. Like, say this uh, Hyundai to kick my tail today. I'm over there asking, well, why is this code set? I look at the code criteria. It's got to be more than 15 degrees out of what it think it should be for 80 revolutions of an engine. And I, that's why I got the scope up. Maybe I could see that. You know, 15 degrees is should be significant enough but then again i'm looking at what it's commanding and all that stuff and i unplugged the solenoids i'm looking at known goods everything's in time i'm like I mean, it's got to be like commanding in a little bit and i'm just missing it even with my scan tool recording i think it's missing frames where i can't see it sure. and i don't have it on the scope so it's getting hung <laughs> up and say hey i should be over here but actually uh you know we ran for a few seconds uh over here and that's all it takes uh but why um 
One of the great uh, challenges I had in the past two weeks was a 18 Pacifica. Uh, it's got an electron or engine start stop system on it. It was no crank at a shop. I'm like, oh, no crank, that's easy, right? And I get looking at the diagrams and I'm poking around. I'm like, kind of confused. I won't lie. I looked at the diagram. I'm like, why do we have to have three relays to control the starter? I mean, you know, three different relays have to <laughs> yeah, be on. Or two have to be on. So... You know, we got our uh, powertrain control or what do you call it? Battery power relay. I was looking uh, at a Chevy Cruze uh, cooling fan relay. Just yeah, just yeah like, like what are you doing? <laughs> it's one exactly. fan. <laughs> it, there's a lot of stuff going on there, and, and I'm looking yeah. at the diagram for re- thing uh, for the starter. So I'm just like, let's take, take it back. I mean, I know how a starter works. You got a big wire, we got a little wire, we got to have power to the little wire. Where yes. does that little wire come from? It comes from relay. Well, how does that relay get turned on? We yep. have to have a difference in uh, potential or dif- uh, uh, difference in voltage, or should I say a voltage drop happening across that primary side of that relay to make that thing click on. And, you know, how does that happen? I'm looking at the diagram. The diagram threw me for a loop. Um, and I actually diagnosed the vehicle. I found a, uh, uh, I located a high resistance or what I would call a voltage drop under a load in the power distribution center, big mm. underhood fuse block fine that's great i still went home and i couldn't figure out for the life of me how the system worked and i ended up making a call to identifix next day i'm just like hey i just want to talk to somebody i'll pay to talk to somebody about how does this system work and the guy's looking at the diagram he's like this doesn't make any sense i'm like i agree and we, <laughs> we poked around all data identifix motor logic they all got it all wrong i didn't check mitchell's uh stellanus has it wrong on on the chrysler site because i went there move yeah. up to 2019 the diagram makes sense move back up to 2020 uh, diagram's bad again it's like you yep. gotta be kidding me even yep. a manufacturer so i emailed uh, stellana saying hey just to maybe save your technicians uh, <laughs> a hassle and other but everybody else please fix this i, I had that same thing on a ford uh i don't know it's uh it was the alternator circuit and the diagram is wrong in the service information it's just you have to go a year up and i mean the year is the year. I, I'm sure it was some split year or something like that, but it was just wrong and wasted a ton of time because the wire colors were like kind of the same, but they didn't go to the same place. And so it's <laughs> just a huge waste of time until we realized like something doesn't make sense here. What is going on? And then you figure out, oh, okay, this is the wrong diagram. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I was thinking a lot about the whole process thing after talking to Rich and like, how do you, uh, help somebody else with that how do you teach that how do you get that in someone else of course they want got to want to do it but if somebody wants to do it how, how do you get that across and i think one of the biggest points where people's processes break down from what i see is they get to a point where they don't understand the component or even able to break it down into simpler components and at that point they need to march on with the fix they need to keep going and so now they're just replacing parts or they're you're going at after completely blind, but you got to like stop yourself there and say, okay, I don't understand this. Can I break it down into simpler parts and understand it? Like that diagram, like I, I understand a starter. Can I branch out from there and try to, yeah, I was doing that with the relay uh, system on the cooling fan for the cruise today. You look at it and you're like, holy shit, there's a lot going on there, but it's one motor and they run it through some resistors to change the speeds, but can I break it down into smaller sections that I do understand and then grow it out from there? Okay, well now it's complex, but I understand the scenario and I can now I can keep going with my process. But 
if I skip over that and don't understand what's going on, good luck. Good luck. That's, uh, you know, that's exactly how I felt with that Chrysler when I was looking at the diagram and it didn't make any sense. I'm just like, wait a minute. Uh, I mean, it just threw me for a loop. And um, I like to think that having a basic understanding of how basic things work, I mean, just basic uh, load or whatever in a circuit has helped me so much as a technician. But when I rely on that and then go to faulty wiring diagrams is where I'm like, whoa, it doesn't make any sense. I had a, uh, I think it was an 18 or 19 uh, E-Series 450, like a box truck or something that had a terrible mass airflow sensor diagram. I mean, it just didn't, it it was false. It was improper right from Ford garbage. Yeah. I mean, throw it out the window. Um, Scott Brown was on one of my little things I was doing and, uh, he's like, that's just an intern, a summer job intern. It really doesn't even understand anything about electricity. You got the job to write the diagram. I'm like, you got to be kidding me because um, it's almost like if we follow a flow chart, not always, but many times, if you take the time to follow a flow chart, there will be times that the car doesn't get fixed. I mean, that's a fact. Other times, I like to see what they want us to test and how what they're testing. And I love when we have a description operation. That's the best. Or code setting criteria, like yeah. I've heard you say it, but just like that high end. I know for a fact if it's more than 15 degrees out of, out of what it thinks it should be and it runs 80 revolutions at that it will pop that code. So I know that's happening. I just don't know what the computer's desiring. And I'm trying to like, I wish I could sync my scope to my scan tool. <laughs> does, that make, does that make sense? I wish I could, that, that would probably find a problem, but it's like, man, what am I doing wrong or, uh, whatever. But yeah, uh, being able to understand a system and have good information to uh, link it to is huge. But yeah, following flowchart, mm-hmm. it's gotten me in trouble before. That's a fact. And I, I know yeah. other technicians, well, I got to replace it with a known good computer. And the dealer's the only people that have one. Well, don't mm-hmm. do that just yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it, yeah, like you said, it's good to look through there and see what they want you to test. And um, uh, Ford, I find myself doing that a lot on trouble codes because. I would say they generally don't have great like code setting criteria and stuff like that, but they'll have their pinpoint tests. You run through it and get an idea of, okay, this is what the computer's looking at to set this code. And now I can utilize the flowchart or I can go test the components I need, but I got to understand. And it comes back to that again. I have to understand what is the computer unhappy about, right? There's something. Do I understand it? Right. Is it, you know, the cam circuit thing, like, is it really a cam circuit or is, is there a possibility it could be from revolutions within a certain time period? Like if it's you not seeing what it wants to see. I mean, yep. you know, it might be seeing a signal, but it doesn't line up where it's supposed to. And that's, I guess that's their criteria. Yep. And um, that, that computer strategy, myself included is where we get hung up on a lot could, because you don't have an answer. How does this computer react in this scenario? Or why is it doing what it is in this scenario? And sometimes you don't have an answer, you know? uh, Sean, you're absolutely right with the, uh, like, the Ford. It seems like their pinpoint tests, um, I've had a couple times, and I'm trying to think. I think it was a Transit Connect, maybe a 12 or 13. It was a no-crank or, yeah, it was a no-crank situation. And I really didn't... (laughs) 
I, I can't remember what the fix was. It doesn't really matter. But basically, I was kind of like, hmm, I don't know why this doesn't crank. I mean, I'm looking around, and it turned out it just followed. I, I followed a pinpoint test to a T, and I don't, I don't remember what it was. I probably got sure. a YouTube video I made on it, but whatever, I forgot. But I know for a fact, if it wasn't for the pinpoint test, I would have been up there with, well, I wouldn't have hung a starter because I understand how a starter works. I know if we don't have battery positive to the little one and battery <laughs> positive to the big one and ground, it's not going to crank. I, I get that. But for whatever reason, this thing wasn't cranking. I, I wish I could remember, but the pinpoint test was like, well, check this. I'm like, wait a minute, that data pin was bad, and it leads you exactly where to go. So yeah. not all flow charts are bad. That's not what I'm saying. And I, I try and tell people, if you're less experienced, and, and you know, sometimes i got to back myself up too, but if you don't know what you're looking at, read the flow chart, take the time to understand at least what they want you to test. Um, I just don't like it when they get us to the point of unplug the first step, unplug the computer. I think you, you were doing a Toyota or something Prius or unplug this, unplug this and check. And then you read down, you go through that flow chart and you might find a really, wait, why would they have me test this data pit or test this? I can actually do that right now. Perfect. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. I like easy, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of get a feel for what's, what their direction is. And then you can make some decisions yourself on, okay, based on my experience, um, I think maybe we'll go this route first. I mean, sometimes it's just pure laziness. Sometimes like, I don't want to do that yet. So I'm going to do the easy thing first. (laughs) The last thing I feel like doing is finding some splice pack that's underneath the passenger seat. But, you know, I mean, if, you know, if I sit in a passenger seat and stomp on the floor and whatever network goes crazy or something, well, okay, I'll I'll probably have to dig up that wet carpet. But I mean, you know, I I really aim that's, I mean, I think anybody else here that's mobile, I mean, even technicians at a shop, of course we want to do the easy thing first. I mean, uh, Brandon Steckler always calls it the low hanging fruit. I love that idea. It's like, Hey, there's Mm -hmm. some easy things you can check that gives you a lot of diagnostic, uh, knowledge and in, in, um, what I call direction. Um, I, I'm not too proud to admit that I got my tail handed to me. And I say tail handed to me because I spent an hour on a thing or 45 minutes, like a 15 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh, turned out the guy at the shop actually got sick or something. I don't know what happened, but he was in the middle of diagnosing it and he already hung a... Uh, they called it a tipum, but this was actually a power distribution assembly, and they said it needed to be pro. I'm like, no, that's not a tipum. If the vehicle has a BCM, it doesn't have a tipum. Is kind of how I judge that. Mm-hmm. And I get there, it's set in a P0688. That's an ASD circuit code. I'm like, that should be simple. Um, but, you know, I kind of went down. I had to put some parts together. He had a part. He had, like, connectors off the body control model. I had to, you know, I was digging around. So put everything back together, and I got a 688. And, uh, Sean, I, I lost one of the first steps I should be doing. Anytime I'm using my multimeter, I check, hook one lead to ground at the battery, preferably. I, 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 I say that. <laughs> I preach that. But I don't always do it. But, you know, I like to have it at the battery negative. Boom. Check the battery positive. What's the next thing I like to do? Take that lead and jam it into the block. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or a cylinder head or whatever. What am I expecting? Really low voltage. Well, if I would have taken the time to do that, be, but I got sidetracked. I'll be the first one tell you i was sidetracked if i would have taken the time to do that sean i would have found out that oh, a key key off why do we have 150 millivolt drop between neg- battery negative in in the block that doesn't sound right oh look turn the key on it's six volts oh my god i mean i yeah i just a lot well, of time you know yep no i've been there too it's yeah you skip over the uh, the simple basic stuff um 
trying to, well, you get the tunnel vision on a certain code or certain system or whatever, and you kind of skip over that stuff. Um, yeah, basic, it's just like battery stuff and connections and things like that. So like, you got to keep that all in mind. Cause it, like we said, it so much of the time is a simple thing that's oh. causing the reasons I get called in the places like so many wires, so many just corroded terminals, loose terminals, um, you know, the, the, the female end is spread out. Um, hmm. like none of it's, none of it's like wild, crazy. Okay. Yeah. We get one of those every once in a while and it's fun to talk about, but the most of my diagnosis end up is hey, it's broken wire. It's a fuse. It's a terminal. That's it. Yeah. It's almost like this shouldn't be that complicated for the shop. At least I like to say, but then again, mm-hmm. I think Rich said, well, hey, we're going, you know, I used to think that we got to elevate everybody or how, how did he say that? But he's talking about, um, you know, basically we all should be better than this, but it's like, no, there are shops that in, in some shops just get by and they don't care. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, mean, I don't, I guess they hang a bunch of parts, make their money and on their way to go. But then when they got to pay a mobile guy X dollars or whatever, or, you know, X amount per hour for two hours, because we had to put together everything that everybody else screwed up when he replaced all the parts um you know that's a big deal well if you wouldn't spend two grand over here you wouldn't you know blink an eye pay, paying us whatever over there you know right but, right yeah i mean i don't tell any of my shops but um <laughs> i would look at it as business owner okay i paid for this guy to come out x times within a month for diagnostic work how much would it cost to send my guys to some training or something? And oh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. Do they want to learn what's the training available? And I understand that, but man, I would be looking at it like, hmm, what can I do to elevate my yeah. technicians to be able to do some of this? Yeah, yeah, I spent a thousand bucks in a month for somebody. Uses. I'm already paying somebody <laughs> X amount, or, or yeah, or more, right? Yeah. And it, you know, we could, if I could fix this problem or keep this in house and keep the, I mean, he'd get the bigger part of the pie at the end of the month, I guess. But uh, that's, hey, I, I get employed by a lot of uh, shops that, hey, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, that's just interesting. <laughs> Part of it's the convenience work? factor too. Like it's seamless or I try to make it as seamless as possible for the shop. Um, and that I, I know is part of the appeal of what I offer is that you call me, I come I tell you what's wrong with the car. You pay me, you don't have to do anything else. I have to fix the car, but it is painless for them. And, and that's, yeah, they get a taste of that and they, Okay, I'm busy. I'm stressed out. I got too much work. Just call Sean. He'll just come figure it out. You know, one of my best customers has a technician that I look up to in certain ways. I mean, he's a smart guy. Um, now I know maybe I, I have more experience, and I say I know more about networks and you know whatever CAN bus or something like that than this guy. But this guy's a smart guy. I mean, like if I'm working on, I think I was working on a '94 motorhome and looking at some circuits or whatever with a. Uh, the thick film ignition distributor or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, pip spout, start, run, coil, ground. I'm like, yeah, I learned that once, too. He knows that, like, the back of his hand, man. He can get in there and do whatever or, you 
know, give him a carburetor, and he's he, he's the guy, smart guy. But they yeah. found it's better to let that guy do timing chains and engines or whatever he's doing, or maybe tune-ups and, you know, whatever the guy's doing, head gaskets or something like that. And they'd rather he, keep him on that and then call me in. And I'm like, did you guys even scan this? No, just we got three check engine lights for you. Can you get down here real quick? And I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> you know what I try? That's okay, whatever. I'm like, I almost feel like it throws me off of my game when I go there and they didn't scan it. I'm used to going to shops 90% of the time. They've already put a bunch of parts on there. It's like, well, yeah, right. uh, unless it has the wings on there, I'm not so worried about these parts. Uh, it's <laughs> you know probably not part. It's probably going to be aware, and we find it. You know, Just like I think last episode, you were talking about the fuel pump control module with the wake-up signals. I've been having a handful of those lately, and it's like, hey, we've got to have power here, too. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a lot of you know modules and parts, and it's a corroded wire in between. I mean, uh, I am happy that I live in a rust belt, and I mean, not because <laughs> it gets cold, but because uh, I mean, I'm telling you, I can't imagine. Like, I think a lot of the money I make is from corroded wires. I mean, oh all yeah, day long. oh yeah, it's there's so 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 much of that, and I mean, you just expect it to be in the circuit of uh you know car that's x amount of years old or when i get into a car i look up as a sunroof okay you know <laughs> and it's like i know where I'm looking. I, I, and i can get tunnel vision that way sometimes i definitely have like i really got to tear this carpet up when i don't need to but like i, I gotta know okay this thing's got a sunroof and, and that probably is more than just minnesota but uh, there's lots of corrosion and stuff and i have to consider the that's where i'm headed with this thing or here's the other thing and i run at this every once in a while if there's a rust hole in the floorboard that's another way for water to get in pretty easily so i've had a couple of those before where i can oh that's the ground okay <laughs> yeah, a lot of the uh, f-150s old well i don't know yeah. what year i'm trying to think uh not older still what i call the newer body style what is that 97 or 96 i don't know but that, that style newer when he went from the square you're body aging to, yourself there uh, i feel it i feel it too but yeah, those ones, man, the floor rots out by the A pillar and that, those grounds. I got a video yep. on one of those and it's like, holy cow, there's, there's four volts there. That's not good. It's <laughs> causing all kinds of mischief, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think I have a picture of like, I can see my hand uh, on the, uh, on the bottom side <laughs> underneath there on one of those. <laughs> you know, that's, that's interesting. And, you know, just, I mean, how do you, um, I guess I'm asking the audience, you know, how do you think about your process and what you do and how you decide which way to go Yeah, and why? I mean, if you don't understand how the system works, you know, it's like, you know, I think the one ground I had on one of those Fords, I, I probably, I, I've made a lot of videos and stuff on this stuff on YouTube, but man, it's like, oh, I'm over there thinking I got, a, I'm, everything's acting like I got a major power issue, right? Well, <laughs> I, I did have a major power issue. Power is work getting done. We have got to have current flow to get that work done, right? <laughs> well, I didn't have any current flow because I had a bad ground. You know, I'm over there checking yeah. the ignition switch because I got a new ignition switch and it's right there. I'm testing that. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, whatever. I go to the, I think, I had to take a step back. Oh, my theft light is on, right? Or no, I had a no communication with the theft module, I think is what the code was setting in a PCM. It did communicate and oh theft model's easy. I like this. It's only got like a power, a ground, and I think it was like two com wires, you know, the RX and TX or whatever. I'm like, huh, oh, let's check the power. Oh, power's good. Oh, ground. How how do I have four or five volts on that ground? That can't be right. <laughs> that 
that led the way. It's just like take a step yeah. back, yeah. find what is the easiest thing. Sorry about that. What is the easiest thing to uh, get to and access and test? And yeah. uh, it often just leads you there. That that's the thing is having a test method to prove things out as well, right? You got to understand how it works, and then you have to actually do a test. But you have to have a test method that you're confident in the result means something to you, right? This is okay or no, I need to move on. And yeah, that's another huge part of any process is whatever you're doing, how are you going to test it? And I'm challenged with that all the time because on a regular basis, I see stuff that I've never seen before. And so I'm like, can I apply a test I already have to a similar or older system? Or is this something completely different and and sometimes that's the tough question right i'm like is this different than what i'm used to because it's on a different brand but it's kind of the same can i test it the same that's a tough one to answer at times but that's the key right if you have a test that proves it for you with certainty it's it's and you follow that it's easy right Yep, this is bad. Nope, this is good. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. But for me, it's I, I had an episode about it. I'm like, I kind of run out of test methods that really are conclusive. And mm. now, now what do I do with that? And it, it lack of knowledge on my part, lack of information, just lack of a good test method to prove it out. Um, it, it, but that's the that's the goal is to keep working. I guess keep gaining as many as possible. You know? Yeah. I mean, I find that the. Uh you know, the testing methods is, is changing as the vehicles are changing. I mean, like uh, there's no, there's only certain things that we can have the super, super basics to apply, but then even some of those are uh, fluid depending on the situation with the car. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example that I had in my head, but it just went away. Like, you know how that goes, but (laughs) uh, what I'm getting at is, is like, I mean, the cars are changing. So, you know, we can't just say, this is how you test an ignition system or whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. well, you got to watch out or, you know, be careful with that. Right. It doesn't work. Um, But as we learn a little bit about a system, um, I found that I I like what you said in your last episode about proving something. I like, I personally like to have two fingers to point at something. I like to be able to say, boom, I found this. Now I'm to pinpoint it i'm gonna get what else can i do to back myself up and many times um i'm not saying this is the right way and i always tell people do not go messing around with jumper wires unless you know what you're doing and you'll even see me 99 percent of the time i got a fuse jumper i'll put a 10 amp fuse on a jumper wire because i really don't want to blow nothing up or, or cause myself more problems so right Hey, uh, I think that Chrysler with the wrong diagram. I'm like, I know this fuse is supposed to power this thing, but I couldn't prove it. But I, or I didn't know. But I knew if that fuse is hot, the other part of the circuit should be hot. And this is impossible to show you <laughs> right through a podcast here. Um, so I'm like, wait a minute. I think this is what's wrong here. I got a voltage drop between these two points, between the, the fuse and a relay within the PDC or uh, power distribution center. Um, well, how do I back that up? Well, I'm going to jump her power between here and here. And all of a sudden, the vehicle cranks. Well, I should say try to crank uh they hit a locked up motor uh had a new starter they <laughs> oh, blew yeah. a 500 amp fuse i mean this thing was a mess but anyways i mean how do you blow a 500 amp fuse that's impressive <laughs> um but you know this thing was a, a wreck in that sense but you get two point two things to uh point to it and yeah. or you know point the finger here and how are you going to back it up um I wanted. To, I was going to ask you. I just got done listening to your latest podcast on the uh, when you mentioned about disproving or uh, you know prove something, but then unprove it or, or work backwards from. And I think that's really interesting. I, I don't know if you care to share a little bit more about that with me or the audience. Yeah, uh, it's 
it's probably honestly like a self-confidence issue or something like that. But when I get to a conclusion, me personally, Sean, I'm like, how can I prove myself? I, I have to prove myself wrong because I don't think as I don't think this is right. So how would I prove myself wrong? I've come to this conclusion. You know, my mindset and my process has gotten me to it's a computer. It's it's the CCM. So what it is is like trying to step back like outside of the moment and, and say, maybe I'm coming in and like, I'm the original tech and now someone else is coming in. How would they, how would they disprove that this is the answer and this is the case? And it just might shift your perspective slightly to say, well, if this, you know, isn't the issue, we should be able to test this and we'll test this way. And it doesn't always work, but I like to at least give myself that thought you know, if it's not a concrete thing, modules are a real common uh, example of that, where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I'm pretty certain, but there's always a chance there could be something else causing it to do what it's doing. Okay, well, how would you, how would you prove that out or, or disprove that the modules at, at fault? Could you simulate something? Could you remove a circuit somehow? And that that gets into so many different unique examples and again the hard part of teaching this process because there's so many unique individual examples of this stuff that yeah. uh, you can't teach everybody you can't teach everybody all of it because none of us knows all of it and so how, what does what do you bottle that to hand somebody to use for every situation it's, it's- tough it's very tough. Um, I have a shop that I, I teach. I mean, they, they contract me or whatever to go in like once every two months or whatever and work with the guys. And they called me up telling me to program a used computer on a, I think it was a Buick Verano or something. It was a global A car. And I'm like, listen, you know, here's a story. Here's what's what, what I recommend or don't recommend. And, uh, of course, they got to use one. They said all the numbers match. I get there. And, well, actually, the original computer, I could not get to uh, get a read with I.O. I'm like, hmm, interesting. And uh, the part numbers didn't match. I'm like, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a sketchy one. And the technician walked over to me, and he starts telling me, yeah, uh, the computer is not providing power to the main, to, to the big, one of those big plug." Yeah. Uh, big terminals or if you look at those computers they got the big ground big power on the connector or whatever and i'm like the computer doesn't make that power Uh, the computer's consuming that power that's the main input that's gonna you know run whatever the computer runs um the ecm so right at that point i'm like hey let's toss this thing back in there forget about trying to me trying to find a way to get this thing to communicate i couldn't talk to the original computer i could talk to the junkyard one with io terminal but i couldn't get it to you know the s1234 would just air out or something like dang so anyways put the thing in a vehicle and they're like yeah see you know as it runs it just runs just a short period of time and all of a sudden uh you'll start hearing relays click and it'll stall out and you look at the voltage there to, uh, on that wire it's actually bouncing around well it's that was a tough one uh, to diagnose. And I cannot tell you that I diagnosed it because I'm like, well, wait a minute. Is, are we having a, a power mode issue? And I'm trying to you know, look at that information. And I had another job to get to. I was thinking if this was going to be a quick program of course well now it's not and you know all this clickety clack going on underneath the hood i'm like what the heck's going on here and i'm trying to figure out well the computer controls the power the the relay the primary side of that relay that 
puts power there. Um, but is the computer not seeing something else, say from BCM or ignition switch input, or which is push button start? Right? I think it was a push button start. I don't remember. Uh, no, it might have been keyed. But whatever it may be, what's going on here? Yeah. And we found out uh, that he's like, well, if it just sits for a little bit, it'll start up and it'll run again. I'm like, well, go take that computer, put it in the fridge, you know? <laughs> <They're> like, what? <laughs> like, or, or go get a can of Freon or, you know, whatever you will. Hey, whatever you guys want to do, don't, I didn't say that out loud. Did I? <laughs> Anyways, so they popped that thing in the fridge and they, they wrapped it, they, they wrapped it in like a, a damp towel or wet towel or whatever. And the thing ran for like 45 minutes. They take the towel off, put the towel back in the fridge. The car is still running. Like 15 minutes later, the car stalls you know clickety clack and just leaving the key on they said uh, they told me this on the phone clickety clack clickety clack all this stuff take that wet towel that's really cold from the freezer wrap it around the computer and it goes away i'm like well <laughs> i think you need a computer and we we ended up programming a computer fix it right up and i i mean that was an instance where uh, i didn't have a diagnostic process i was in a hurry but i'm just looking at what did i do i was just thinking well what causes this or what's yeah. When does it happen? You know, we always got to have the when, how, why, all those questions answered. But I was just like, when does it happen? I'm like, well, let's just go back to super basics. And, you know, I, I think you got a heat-related issue. And, you know, I was watching the, the computer turn off that relay because at first I'm like, yeah, maybe could a relay be going bad as it gets hot or something? I don't know. But it's like, how do you how do you teach that stuff? And the poor guy was on it. I mean, he's he's a good kid. He wants to learn. And I say kid, anybody younger than me is a kid, right? But uh, he, he has a, uh, an ambition to learn. And I, I told him, I was like, I don't have a clear path on which way I go about this, on this whatever it was, a 14 Verano or something like that. Which way would I go? I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I got to see that relay. Why is that relay turning off? Is the computer inputs going? I was looking with a scan tool. I was trying to use their scan tool which I was not familiar with and that's a Brian problem not a shop you know that's not anybody else's problem mine I have I'd probably use, be using my Autel or my uh, GDS2 and uh, it, w- it was interesting but I'm like hey let's just try and you know what does it take to make this thing mess up and it's like it's heat related you know um yeah. That's to prove, disprove, and the right. computer. Um, you know, we ran a thing. I was there wrapping up, and thing ran for thirty minutes with the hood shut. I'm like, oh, it's fixed. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Nice. Well, here, here's one for you. This was just from today. I don't have a conclusion on this. I told the guy I got to come back. Um, uh, Chevy Cruze, uh, 2000. Boy, I should have looked at that. I think it's two, yeah, 2014 Chevy Cruze with the one four turbo. It was the actually the relay. I was just talking about with the cooling fan. Um, so what this thing will do is it seems to be cold only when the, when the car's been sitting overnight. Um, once it's warmed up, it doesn't really do it. But you start the engine, starts fine, runs fine. The cooling fan is not on because nothing is commanding it to be so. No, your AC's off. The cooling, the coolant's still cold, right? Shut the key off. The fan turns on. And it'll run for 10 minutes, I think, if you let it. But unless you cycle the key one more time. If you cycle the key one more time, the fan shuts off. That's fine. But if you just shut the key off, the fan runs for 10 minutes. Well, they had originally, the shop came to the conclusion that it was an ECM. Because the ECM actually is commanding on the fan. And I verified that myself today. But they, they had originally called me to come uh, clone a used one. So I did IO terminal, which is a little tricky on those cruises. If you do one with IO terminal, there's more than just copy paste. But I did it. 
and I did, I did the first job not knowing what I was attempting to fix. And then he called me and said, Hey, we still have the exact same issue. Can you come look at this thing? So I went through my testing today and I couldn't find a good reason for that PCM to be turned on that fan. I checked all the temp sensors, AC pressure sensor, everything, power modes. But for whatever reason, like when you shut the key off, the PCM stays awake and it, it turns on, it actually is turning on the, the powertrain relay that feeds itself. It's keeping that on and it's running the fan. And I, I, I need to look more into it, but I didn't have an answer. And that's one of those things where I'm like, at the, in the moment, I was out of te- things I could test. I'm like, I looked at everything I could think of that was, would keep the PCM awake or command it to turn the fan on. I couldn't find any. And I'm like, also like, well, what's the key cycle about? How is that changing? Things? It's not like a stuck relay mm-hmm. um, or something like that. It's like it's uh, usually when I see that stuff, it's a module. It's some module that that key cycle kills it. I had HVAC unit on a, on a GM do something similar to that, but I, in the moment I couldn't find anything. So what, what do you do there? What, what would you well, it seems like, I mean, what you're saying is like, sometimes it's just more about learning about the system. I, I just pulled up the diagram for that cruise you're talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why do we have five relays to control one fan? One, one fan. I know. Why? I looked at that this morning. I'm like, what? This what? Is, that's ridiculous. I mean, this is just outrageous. Um, and and I, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, one of these has to be like bad or something. And, and so I went through and verified, but no, the ECM in the data pids and on the circuit is commanding the, uh, it's the number one relay, at least in the scan. That, tool. That's the, that's the KR 20 F I think. I think um, it's the one on the right of the, the diagram. Right. Yeah. The cooling, yeah. it says cooling fan relay and everything yeah. else has some sort of speed, low speed, medium speed, fan speed well that's just interesting uh sean i mean you know situations like that that uh i I think make us better when we get to the end of them but it's all the time (laughs) and effort that you have to put in between i mean that's i mean what i what i'm getting at is it's like that chrysler i had it's like i had i literally came home my wife you know uh she's like you know it's like it's 9 30 you've been looking at that whatever you're whatever you're doing on a computer you've been doing that since six o'clock i'm like i don't understand how this works (laughs) and i'm like it can't be that hard i mean rarely i'm not trying i mean not to my own horn because if you have to print out a diagram and draw it out that's a great method it is Mm -hmm. fantastic and usually i can just you know i'll I'll take a screenshot and i'll use my mouse and my uh, snipping tool or whatever i'll draw it out like that if if i have to rarely do i even do that but this thing i mean i had my kitchen table filled up with you know stitching the diagram together i'm like how does this thing work um so i mean i think it's just about learning more about what the heck's going on how does it work um you know, I don't have an answer to how that works, Sean. I'll be the first one to tell you. Um, maybe I'm just be- curious on your mindset if you were in that scenario. What would you be looking at, looking for? Um, I, I would be double checking. So you're saying that the powertrain control module is commanding a fan on with the key off. Yes. Now, how long can that powertrain control module? command anything i mean is that doing something with the power moding options or um at what point does that power train control model go to sleep Um, it does eventually like i would say somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 minutes i don't know if it's exact 10 minutes Mm -hmm. like the like the power saving relay but i had the door open um and i looked at the power moding data and you know again once you're away from the car, you're like, did I check everything? But what I saw, because GM breaks their ECM 
uh, data groups in the sections, you can go into the electrical theft data for the ECM. And I went, I went through that and everything that I could see it, like it had ignition switch voltage, and then it had something from the BCM and that all was in an off state, but I'm talking to the ECM and it shows powertrain relay on fan on like, what the heck? So I, I don't know if I'm missing something though. Well, I mean, I, I don't know either. I guess one of the things at this point I'd be considering would be the description operation. And I'm poking around, literally, I'm looking around, I'm trying to find anything I can. But sometimes that'll give me a great deal of information. I'm like, oh, now yeah. I get it. Right. Or, or I have an idea of how it's supposed to work so I can kind of look at what what I expect to see. Um, I yep. think that's a, one of the biggest things with our diagnostic testing is it's nice if you have a scope or a multimeter and you just want to poke around and learn. But when you're getting in, I mean, I guess when the metal meets the meat and you're in the heat of battle and you got to figure something out, it's more about understanding what to expect before you go and probe that. I want to be able to say, I expect to have this on my multimeter, then boom, jab whatever circuit or whatever I'm doing and have it or not have it and be like, oh, this is a problem. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, in your situation, I've got to learn how more about it works. I haven't, I personally have not seen that diagram yet. I'm like, man, that's impressive. <laughs> if you guys aren't paying attention, make sure you look it up. 14 Cruise 1 4 turbo cooling fan yeah. system. Holy smokes. <laughs> um, no, yeah, talk about reinventing the wheel. <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah, that's that's impressive. I mean, that's just overly complicated, but um, leave it to General Motors, I guess. Um, that reminds me a long time ago, I had a. I think I did a head gasket either on a Sunfire or a Cavalier, you know, going old school. And I started the thing up. I got my little funnel, or maybe I didn't even have a spill-free funnel, or they call them, but I was just filling up the radiator. You know, back in the day, that's how it was, just running this thing. We didn't have no vacuum sucker thing or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, the cooling fans turned on. And I'm like, sweet, you know, that's good, right? Hot air coming off there, running this thing, burping it. Um, kind of squeeze the hose a couple times, put the cap on. I go walk away, come back. I don't know what I did. Got distracted, come back and cooling fan's still on. Okay, whatever. Put my hand down there. It's ice cold off the radiator. I'm like, <laughs> what the heck? This is bad. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Turn it off, start it up. Everything works right. Well, it's part of the thing. If it doesn't see vehicle speed, that's just logic. If it doesn't see vehicle speed, this is going back. Oh, I mean, 97, 98. Okay. I mean, if it doesn't see vehicle speed, that cooling fan will not turn off. Um, which it's, uh. it's, it's it, it, and that is written in the description operation somewhere. Uh, I was at a GM dealer. I, I learned that one. Um, I'm like, what the heck's going on here? I mean, so that's why I think it's so important to understand how is it supposed to work. Yeah. Um, but know that, that if you have like a 98 Cavalier and it's freezing cold outside and you actually get your cooling fan to kick on, you're going to lose heat in the vehicle. You will not have heat until you roll that thing forward or cycle ignition one time, just cycle ignition. I had a 98 Cavalier for a long period of time. I'll tell you what everything working great you still don't get very good heat in the dead of winter in minnesota with a 98 cavalier when you're going 80 down the freeway and it's 40 below oh, it's just gotta throw some cardboard out from there radiator man i yeah. did i did i had a big piece of cardboard i stuck up in there for the winter nice. months <laughs> I, uh, yeah, well, I had a, I had a handful of Cavaliers myself. Um, I had a 94 was a great car. I had that one for a minute. I mean, actually a long minute. Um, okay. I locked myself out of my, the place where I, the, the double I was renting 
so I had to break into my own car. <laughs> I stripped the, well, I stripped the column. I, whatever, just, I literally took a hammer, cracked it. The ignition switch is hanging down. Uh, you know, started with the pocket screwdriver. That's <laughs> I, like that. I did that for years. Met my wife, and she still likes me. So, you know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, I mean, I want to learn more about how that system works on that cruise. I mean, that's really yeah. what it comes down to thinking about your situation and how do I handle that? It's like, I don't like to be the guy that has to go home and read about it, but sometimes when it I really don't no understand sense. the system, I can get more, um, I can expand my knowledge faster into peace and quiet at home yeah. as opposed uh-huh. to a shop because I'm at the shop and some of these shops, you know, guys are like, Hey, what do you think about my car? Or do you have any uh-huh. roads for my, I, I got a, you know, 96 then, Honda Accord. Can you put in a remote for me? I'm like, dude, come on. And then your personal phones ring in and then your work phones ring in and like, where was they again on this? Yeah. yeah I, that's, I, that's you're, it. In like, the back of your head, you're like, I got five more stops. I got to get to today. I mean, it's like, you know, you got to yep. roll. I mean, yep. so yeah, that's, I mean, I, I want to learn more about that system myself, but, uh, yeah, diagnostic process, understand the system is so important, uh, in my opinion, just start getting a, a uh-huh. general idea how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, getting away from the heat of battle to, to take it in. Like, and that's where I got today. I was like, Hey man, like I got, I got to read up on this. I don't have a great answer for you. I, I got to go do my thing. I will, I will research it. And I'm, probably going to do that tonight once we're done and you know it's it definitely adds up sometimes though you know right like you feel like boy this is all i do all the time always um research and learn research and learn and go back and yeah. make a couple bucks will i ever see one of these cars again <laughs> that's the question <laughs> yeah right chevy um, cruise i hope so but yeah it's like that um, specific problem mm. uh, what what codes were set and were any codes again i forgot if you mentioned that. um no Nothing, nothing relevant. I did a scan. Um, there was, there was some low voltage codes, but the thing had been sitting and the battery was dead. So I chalked that up to that and they didn't come back. Um, but yeah, otherwise there's no codes in the, in the PCM that correlate and nothing else that I found relevant, but Hey, sometimes those things you don't think relevant are once you get all the pieces of the puzzle together. Absolutely. yeah, I mean, what do you what do you think about you know spending a bunch of extra time outside of work to make this stuff happen? I mean, what's your what's your feelings on that? More, I've been really working harder or working is that right? Proper English? I didn't. I don't know. Um, I've been working hard at trying to work on my life work balance, and I'm still struggling. Um, but you know, a lot of times, many of many of the jobs I do probably at least 70% of them do uh, that I have a diagnostic job. I kind of sit there and I'll, you know, I will put my phone on mute and I try and, you know, get in my zone where I'm looking up information and, uh, and I'll try to do it there um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, sometimes the technicians can actually see what I'm doing and, and they care to watch. And I'll be like, well, listen, I'm kind of thinking pretty hard here, so you can watch what I do, but just give me, give me a minute, you know, so I got to figure this out for myself. And, uh, also I get paid for it. There's no question about me getting paid for it when I'm there on site. You know, it's not like I spend two hours at home and then go back and really don't really charge much because I'm like, Oh, boom, boom. I found it. And, you know, I've kind of feel like maybe I should have found that yesterday. Um, I try to be fair with myself, but I'm also trying to be fair with the shop because um, I, I get it. Certain things, 
I don't think we can all know. There's no way. Uh, but I want to be better at learning how to find the information, of course. I mean, that's that's it. So, you know, there's been times when I'm like, oh, two clicks away from what I need. There it was all that time. And I, I was clicking in the wrong tree or clicking in the mm-hmm. wrong place, barking up the wrong tree and just uh, doing that. So I, I don't I like to make it so I make one trip on my mobile uh, gigs or whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> and many times I do that most of time i do Mm -hmm. Um, but it happens where i don't and then i'll go home and then have to make a second trip and you know leave the ticket open or whatever or whatnot um but you know many times at that point it's it's more of a i think that's where we get into the ego situation uh where it's like hey i gotta fix this thing it can't be that hard i mean like that chrysler i worked on it's like it's, it's a Chrysler, so Pacifica or whatever, it can't be that hard. I can figure this out. And I, you know, of course we do. And yeah. uh, did I get paid for the three hours or two hours I spent at home or whatever it was? I know I had a lot of time into it. And I even did an Identifix call after I built a customer call. <laughs> I paid 40 bucks just to talk to somebody about, because I'm losing my, I'm, I'm going crazy. And I'm like, you know, I know a bunch of people on Facebook and you and yourself. It's like, I don't want to really pester somebody to take the time. Because you know how it is to, if you don't understand something, the amount of time it takes you to digest the material you know some people do it in five minutes some people do it in 25 minutes and i don't want to pester somebody to take 25 minutes of their day to really break it down and understand what's going on uh when i feel i should do be able to do it myself um but so yeah um did i charge that shop for that 40 dollar identifix call or whatever nope that's all right though (laughs) so that type of stuff happens but uh, the life work balance things uh definitely important i'm working on that uh trying to it's been a busy week this week you know between classes yesterday and monday and the, us talking this evening <clears throat> tomorrow i do have my, on my schedule to go out and play some frisbee golf or disc golf or whatever they call oh, it i i, I nice. on a league on thursday night so that's that's fun it's cool. uh it's a good walk in the woods, a uh, good excuse to throw some discs at some trees and have a couple of brews. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. You almost got to have something like that to kind of disconnect you from like this stuff. If you're like us and it kind of dominates, like you need something to just you separate. You don't have your phone on you. Um, you know, work people can't contact you. You're just doing something different. Um, I, um, I actually started coaching at the gym that I go to. So I do that just a couple nights a week. Um, but that's a really good one for me. Cause it's like, yeah, it's, it's work, but I enjoy it. It's fun. Um, you know, I like actually working out and I like the people there, but my phone's away and I am in a completely different world. And I guess kind of mindset at that point too. Um, and yeah, you just, you got to have something like that. Otherwise for me, I know it just dominate everything. <laughs> oh, I, I can easily, uh, you know, there's been times where I, I, I have so many projects that I want to be doing. I mean, whether it's learning something or working on my business or, you know, something for the membership site or whatever, I got all these different things I play around with and do and, or electronics progress projects. I love just basic electricity. I mean, you know, AC circuits, uh, RLC circuits is playing with them, trying to learn how to make high pass filters and blah, 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 whatever. Why? I don't know, but I like it, but I can, I mm-hmm. can let that just totally dominate my life. And I find it having something that it's not at all. I mean, it's like, nope, there's no voltmeters here. There's no scopes here. There's no, uh, there's no Facebook. There's no whatever, uh, all data, nothing. Boom. This is it. You go out and do something different. It is, it's refreshing and good. Uh, gotta have it, man. Yeah. Well, and you had some, uh, 
some health stuff in the last year go on. Oh, what, yeah. uh, what was the deal there? Well, I, I, first of all, I think the doctors misdiagnosed me, so we'll just leave it at that. But no, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, looking They didn't back, follow their I, process. Yeah, well, and I'll, I'll tell you, I don't want to take a lot of time to talk about it, but yeah, I was in the hospital for, uh, you know, from a Monday afternoon to a Friday afternoon. Um, so, you know, pretty much five days, almost five days in the hospital. Um, I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, I don't know what that feels like, but all I know is, like, I don't go to the doctor or hospital unless... I have an issue <laughs> and I'm like, I think I need to go now. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, so I did go and, uh, they, they scanned me. They told me I had a uh, major blood clot is what they told me right away in the ER and, you know, treated me for that and did all kinds of tests. I got poked and prodded so many different ways. I'm sure I'm still getting the bills from that, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but anyways, after a few days of this testing and I got to, I, I was in good health or should I say I was okay. I was like moving and physically okay, but they told me stay still or, you know, don't, don't overdo yourself or whatever. Cause you have the major, basically it was a low pressure uh, blockage to the, uh, or should I say, yeah, the, uh, the low side of the pump had a blockage. Uh, okay. that's, that's what they told me. Um, or the inlet to the pump, whatever. And they said, if this thing breaks off, it's, you know, it's, it's big news or it's bad news. Um, so I'm like, okay, fine. So they do all these testing. They had a brand new machine. What do they call it? Uh, a 3D. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a CAT scan. I can't remember what type of machine. I don't know. But all I know is okay. I can watch them. And they're testing. Like the, the machine still had a plastic thing on the screen. Like a little, you know, you peel it off. It's like, oh, this is brand new. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, man, this thing must be like a million bucks or something. And uh, they didn't really say what, how much it cost. But they had the Philips uh representative teaching the uh, technician how to use it. And they're like, are you comfortable here? I'm like, well, this is a whole lot better than being in my room. So, uh, (laughs) you know, they did the heart. You could see your valves open and all that stuff was like a full 3D. It looked real. I mean, as real as I could imagine. So that was interesting. But anyways, long story short, and I've been yapping about it. They uh, basically ran a test uh, on Thursday, and I got there on Monday. And they're saying, if this test come back negative or as a low score, there's no possible way you had a blood clot. I'm like, interesting. Why are you doing that now? Why didn't you do that the first day you told me you had a blood clot? <laughs> so, guys, what I got to say is, that, yeah, they came back like, hey, you don't have a blood clot. I'm like, well, what the heck? I'm like, that's me, like me saying, well, your car doesn't start. It could be fuel pressure. Let me drop the pump and make sure the tank's clean and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to put it all up there and charge you 300 bucks or 500 bucks and uh, by the way, we could do a quick test called a fuel pressure test and you know, <laughs> or plug in a scan tool and watch the fuel rail pressure and, you know, whatever. And then, oh, it's okay. So I, I, I don't know what the heck that was about. But the more I think about it, and I think it might have just been overstress, anxiety. Um, I was in Denver, Colorado. Literally, I got back, I think, 7 or 8 o'clock that night. I was out 6 in the morning next day to go to work. You know how it is. And you're, you know, mm-hmm. traveling back and forth. And um, I was tired. I didn't sleep well. And and I think I was fatigued, stressed, blah, blah, blah. So it could have been just stress, man. Um, sure. Um, and I hate to, I almost feel weak saying, oh, I must be associated with stress. Oh, no, man, it beat me up, whatever it was. Uh, whether it was a true something going through my body or not, I don't know. But um, yeah. so since then, I've really tried to not work as much. Um, 
I know that sounds terrible, but I'm trying to say, hey, I'm going to put a slice of time for this project. And if I don't get it done, okay, I'm not doing it Saturday morning. If I don't get it done by 6 o'clock on Friday night, well, it's going to have to wait till Monday. And that's really challenging for me to do. My wife will tell you, most times she'll be like, aren't you ever going to come upstairs? And, you know, whatever. And it's like, you know, now I'm like, well... I guess I'm doing okay. I want to do a good job for the things I'm interested in, but uh, also, it's oh, is it so bad to sit there and watch a TV program? Which I usually, you know, say TV's like mind numbing or whatever. It is. I don't really like TV, but um, I'd rather it's, watch a YouTube. It's good to numb out every once in a while. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And now that the weather's nice by me, I mean, you know, we don't have winters like you, uh, but you know, definitely it gets cold here, cold enough to have salt on the roads, right? Um, you know, just to do the frisbee golf thing or whatever. It's like, hey, this is cool. Gets yeah. me out of the house. I play that every Sunday morning, but now there's a league, so I play Sunday mornings and I play uh, Thursday nights. So that's cool. So nice. working on a life balance thing. Uh, you know, I don't. Not the. My wife uh, unfortunately has been diagnosed with the cancer, the breast cancer. They, mm. uh, right after, right after I got out of the hospital, like three weeks later, she got that diagnosis, and it's been a tough tough three months but the good news is i think she's winning uh we got i mean the surgery they they she's doing radiation treatments every day now and um you know she's got some other stuff going on so no chemo uh they decided that would be probably better age probably not the best thing for long term but it's like you know stuff like that makes you step back and be like you know what fixing cars is kind of what i do it's how i make my money i like it i like to think that i'm improving at my skill uh, that's that's my goal because I don't know it all and I got so much to learn. I like to help others, but also this is not is that really the main thing? I mean, you know, right. it's like kind of makes you balance life out a little bit. So, um, yeah, you know, we're you can you can work yourself to death, and there's still going to be more broken cars, uh, you know, and yeah, yeah, um, so. yeah, taking that time, you know, with family and. Uh, you know, for yourself too. It's, it is important. I'm not good at it. Um, I, you know, that's something I've <laughs> been working on myself too, is to try to just like, okay, gotta, gotta step away. Gotta disconnect. Yeah. These five things I need to get done tonight. Do, do they really need to be done? Is it the world going to end if they get done tomorrow or don't get done? And most Absolutely. of the time the answer is no. Yeah. You know? Even your taxes, man, they'll charge you a little interest. Big deal. Who cares? You've got to pay yeah. it sooner or later. But, I mean, you know, like, oh, I got behind on my sales tax. I didn't even realize. I'm like, how did I, how did I not send that one check? I thought I had it. And I'm getting a letter from the state. I'm like, oh, boy, I better take care of this one now. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but it's like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But also, um, you know, take some time and, you know, go for a walk. I think I, I've read it in a couple different books that I've read over the years. And, you know, take a moment and enjoy the sunset, you know, mm-hmm. every day the sun sets. And it's beautiful. Most times it's gorgeous. Yeah. Right. Get out there and check that out, man. I mean, in the wintertime, we have no choice. It's 430 and it's getting dark. But, <laughs> you know, on these nights, you know, it's 9 o'clock or whatever or 8 o'clock or whatever. And, uh, you know, take the time and enjoy uh, stuff. And, and it, it just makes life better. And I find sometimes taking that break is it's a small break, uh, and, uh, uh you, you really get a lot, lot out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking, is it here? Um, well, no, I, I'm trying to think of where it was. Uh, well, yeah, I, I got my little quote thing on the wall here, you know, um, you know, I thought 
think about this. Le- I guess Leonardo da Vinci said this. Uh, uh, as a uh, well-spent day brings happy sleep, uh, life well-spent brings happy death. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, we're all going to go sometime, but uh, what can you do to, you know, make it good the time you have? And I, mean, yeah. I think it's awesome right. to have a career that is fun. I mean, not, you know. Do I think it's fun when I get my tail handed on me? No. <laughs> you know, uh, I get frustrated and, you know, I think I'm probably human like everybody else. I kind of like, man, how, what am I missing here? I'm missing something obvious. But when I finally get it and it clicks and then the ability to try and share it with other people or talk about it, you know, and, and just learn, that's fun. I mean, so, I mean, I think it's spending my life in a good way, but also there's yeah. other things in life, you know? Um, so, yeah, it gives you purpose, uh, you know, the career and that's an important thing for for everyone is to have, you know, purpose in their life. And I, I know it does for me, but then I have to weigh it too with, okay, if I fix, you know, seven cars today or I fix five, like, am I going to remember that, you know, 40 years from now? I'm not, you know? And so, uh, maybe I will remember a really good time with my friends or family, uh, you know, during that period. And so, okay, let's try to try to, uh, you know, limit the amount that cars yeah. dominates my life. I think uh, Ben Vernado, I think that's how you say his name. He he really talked uh, on one of the, I think it might have been somebody else's. Uh, that might have been the roundtable diagnostics or um, somewhere else. And he, he really talked about uh, just how you know we got you know getting burned out can really take its toll on you. I mean, big time. It can yes, just beat yes. you up. And, it comes uh, for everybody too. You can grind, you can grind, you can grind, but like nobody's getting younger. And boy, that that burnout it will creep up on you, and then then things are even worse because you don't want to do what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's a fact. And not, not knowing what, wanting to do what you're doing or, um, you know, and this goes for anybody out there is like, don't isolate yourself. If things are tough, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident many of the people listening to this podcast have other people at their shop they can probably just confide in or Facebook people that, hey, I don't yeah. really know you, but whatever. Or if you get out to any of the big training events, there's people that you'll meet. And it's just pretty cool because now you got a family of people that probably can actually walk alongside you and say, yeah, dude, you are burned out. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Take a step back. And, yep. uh, you know, it's okay to admit that too. That's, that's a hard thing. I mean, it's probably one of the harder things for hard headed people, uh, especially, I guess the, the older, the generation, you know, we're brought up a little different than now. Maybe I'm not mm-hmm. sure about how that works, but it's like, no, we can't say we're weak. We're, that, that's unacceptable. Right, <laughs> Fix the car. Right. Just get the car fixed. And it doesn't stop. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I'm glad to hear you You got something going on to get your mind off of the work stuff because it's like it's challenging when you like what you do. I mean, that's that's the yeah, thing. That's, it, that's the trap. <laughs> it's it's a huge trap. I mean, if my wife was here, she'd come down and tell you, man, she'd be like, yep, that's a trap. You know, he likes his business so much, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's uh-huh. like. You know, it's like I, I didn't take time off for a long time when I started. And then uh, this year's all jacked up because with her her situation and many appointments and me taking the time off, it's like, well, I guess my vacation this year might be Super Saturday. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to get there for sure. And, you know, is that a vacation? I don't know. It's 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 a wow. break. It's a break. That's, it's refreshing, but it it is. It is refreshing. Um, I haven't been on a legit vacation since pre-COVID. Like I've gone places, and it mostly to training events. And so, yeah, those have kind of been my like 
vacation, yeah. which is ridiculous. But yeah, I need to, uh, I'm actually planning something in September. So All right. good. Yeah. Good. So, um, awesome, just man. get, get away from it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, are we running short or long for your program here? I, I enjoy Oh, talking. no, we're good. No, I mean, hey, <laughs> on this uh, you know topic, uh, we could definitely wrap this thing up so both of us could enjoy part of the evening. So. Well, yeah, hey, per- perfect timing. And, uh, you know, Sean, once again, thanks a lot for uh, just uh, taking the time to talk to me. I hope that uh, it's good enough for your show, but thanks oh, for yeah. what you do because uh, I think a lot of people really get a lot out of the information you share. So that's awesome. Well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy to know that you're doing good and your wife's doing good. And, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. All right, man. Have a good night. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode. Another big thank you to Brian for spending some time with me this evening. Also like to thank everybody out there for listening and all the feedback I get on the show. Always appreciate that. But with that all out of the way, let's get out there, start fixing the world, one car at a time.